0: Hello, this is Kishara, and you are listening to Undiscovered Worth, the podcast. Um, This week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Nkem Chukumerje. She is a teaching artist, a healing artist, creative entrepreneur, and the founder of Wellspring Words. So Wellspring Words is a literary anthology and creative enrichment studio that serves to enhance the holistic well-being of women of color, First through the cultivation of unique wisdom via intuitive writing, storytelling, creative embodiment, and authentic expression. This conversation was really beautiful and fluid, and I'm really so thankful to have been able to speak with her. We discussed so much ranging from creativity, our families, the practice of embodiment and surrender, and so much more. I really appreciate Nkem's honesty, wisdom, and openness, and I'm excited for you to listen. You can learn more about Nkem's work, including her podcast, which we reference in this episode, and some exciting news is that she recently released a poetry collection that is available for the whole world to order. Everything, including the episode's transcript, will be linked in the show notes. I hope you enjoy. Bye. I have to say I'm super excited. I've I think I told, I think I'm pretty sure I told you when we first talked like I I've always kind of watched your journey and been really mm. excited and intrigued by the work that you're doing and like the outwardly like the leaps that you're taking like to move out of the country and like all of these things so I'm I'm really I feel really honored that you agreed to thank you talk with me
1: thank you yeah I mean I feel um honored as well because the the some of the attention that I that I get and that I put myself forward for it's like it's 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 com- it's commercial in a sense if you know what I mean like when you decide to take a journey of your own and have a business that the ethos of the business comes from your heart your own lived experiences the, there's a melding of worlds there's the authentic life that you live with the people who have come from your lived experiences. And then there's the attention that you get from those who are looking at the whole picture and sort of making an a, an assumption or a perception about you, which is not a bad thing, right? It depends on how we how we use that. So I mentioned that to say that I'm honored because you're one of the people that have come from one of my lived experiences. You know what I mean? So it it feels really nice to have an authentic conversation from like real life in the grass. You know what I mean? <laughs> I Ants in the know. grass.
0: <laughs> no, I totally get it. Um, well, I, I've recently been starting uh, to ask like friends this question and I'm going to ask you, it's kind of like another icebreaker. Um, mm. And I'm always intrigued by people's answers, but what were you interested in as a kid, whether a hobby or whatever you wanted to be when you grew up and has that at all translated to the like work that you're doing now and like the things that you're doing now, like your hobbies and stuff?
1: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm funny enough i was just thinking about this in the shower so i'll give i'll give you the anecdote that came up because it was so funny for me but um yes definitely there has been a connection between what i was interested in as a child which was art creativity crafts like how to put something together how to make it look more beautiful specifically so like moving past the engineering of a thing how to make it make you feel something when you're looking at it, give you that sense of excitement, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, look what I did, look, look what I can do. That is just the core for me. And as I've moved through my professional experiences and personal experiences, I think, you know, my heart has always been trying to get closer and closer and closer to that sense of excitement in whatever I'm creating. And that for me is, is part of what the creative energy is as a whole. Um, so I think I've just been following my creative energy throughout, no matter what it is that I've done. But the The anecdote that I have is, I I was thinking about when did I first learn how to sew, because specifically one of the the fixations and obsessions that I had as a child was fashion, and and I ended up going to the Fashion Institute of Technology and studying fashion business and working in the industry and everything, but before that it was like, I don't know, I had a home ec class back when those existed. I don't know if home ec exists in in primary schools anymore, or like what do they call it, Uh, grade school? Elementary school. <laughs> but we learned to make a pillow in that class. We're not using machines. I was like 10 or 11 years old, just, you know, hand sewing the thing and making the pillow. And I just remember feeling, I don't know if this memory is correct, but I remember feeling like, oh my goodness, I made a pillow, look at it, look what I can do. And like, you know, just like bang your head all over it. Like, it's not something that you have all over your bed anyway, but it's the fact that I made that. That's the thing that existed in the world, but this one came from me and the fabric is blue. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that that sense of excitement, like everything is is beautiful and I just wanna experience more of the beauty. That's what I've been following.
0: That's really cool. I'll say I I identify with that Um, because for me, it was really like, as a kid, I was interested I had no idea that this was called typography, but I remember as a kid being so interested when we got our first computer and we got Microsoft word and I realized that there were just so many different ways that a letter could look. Yeah. Um, and then like asking my friends to also like write down their alphabet so I can compare and then deciding how I wanted my letters to look. That's amazing. I had no idea that was typography. Um, well, that's part of your work now right it literally is yeah <laughs> is crazy um it almost wasn't i mean i started out as a neuroscience major um but I, I identify with with you of like wanting to of like taking those steps to get back to those things yeah that like really made us feel alive and like really well connected um yeah that's really beautiful <laughs> likewise likewise um so were, did you come from like a creative family? Like what's your, what's your family like? It's so funny you're
1: asking me these questions. I just gotta bring Spirit in the space real quick because of like Spirit, you gotta play with me. This morning, as I was just reflecting on life, I was thinking about, you know, maybe my, my, Relationship with my own creativity, or my relationship to my creativity, is based on, or an extension of, or a reflection of my family's relationship to their own creative power. I know I just went super deep, like way deeper than what originally I am
0: Really intrigued.
1: But but more, it's just so interesting that you asked this question specifically because typically I wouldn't, I wouldn't think to bring in my family and their own creative when i consider myself because my experience of myself is so strong it's stronger than you know my experience of other people thankfully Um, but this morning the question came up and yeah my family is really extremely creative extremely resourceful Um, there are different kinds of creativity that i've seen in my family members but what i remember hearing the most i think what what stands out to me is people saying I'm not creative, especially in my immediate family was like the creativity was projected onto me because I had the ability to do the things not only just dream them and imagine them and think them, but to make it happen with my hands and. I don't know for what I, I just the creativity was projected onto me a lot of people in my family didn't claim that for themselves, however. I'm not the only one in the family that is ultra creative. I may be the one who is the most articulate about it, who has invested my time, my money, my resources into refining my creative projects. I've always been in a class, always been in a workshop, that kind of, and will always be because it's fun, right? It's, it's play. But I can tell with my heart and through my memory, all the creativity that my family members have have conjured to take care of the home to take care of themselves in their decisions to travel their decision, you know some of my siblings right their decisions to move to this place or that place take on this job quit this job start this this project start this business. I mean that is creative energy in itself so i'm just imagining what what happens when you when you claim the power behind what you're already doing just claim the power behind it i'm doing it, I am it. it doesn't have to be compared to anybody else's anything and that acceptance of where you're at in the moment with how you create and what you create and how much and all those things naturally allows for the borders to just dissolve and for you to open up into more of what your creative authenticity looks and feels like
0: yeah no i totally agree i was as you were talking i was literally thinking that like if black people are some of the most creative and it makes come me on. so sad that people have i want to say have been robbed of the imagination of what go. creativity looks like outside yeah. of just like painting sewing right. like anything with your hands like to be as resilient and resourceful come on and to <laughs> literally make bring things forth out of nothing um you know what I mean? very little
1: it's spiritual, it's spiritual. It we is. have direct access, and we're always accessing it. But the, the, the barrier there is this thing of I can't do it. It's not for me. It's for them only. You know and, and our family members, sometimes our parents, you know, I had a situation yesterday, our parents validating that thought and wanting us to climb on that ladder. To, do you know a ladder only has two legs? I'm not climbing on this ladder with you? So we can both go down. Sorry, I got to save myself. (laughs) That's kind of how I was feeling yesterday. Like, don't put that sense of I can't do it victim mentality on me. I'm not there. I'm not in survivalist mode. I'm not there. I was there. I've seen it. I've been in it. I felt it. I'm not there. So that's a big part of it as well, because we're climbing out of a really a pit that feels sometimes like it's quicksand that is our culture the cultural context and the trauma of the cultural context but we can still make it out it's not cement
0: so where does this mindset come from if like because I'll tell you from like my family um it's kind of the same way it's Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I I would say I I identify like I, I see like what you're describing in my family, a lot of like, oh, like Kashar is the really creative, like the really one or like, you know, my sister's dances and like, she's the real creative one. Like where does that, that mindset that you have come from? And like, how do you think that that has created, like where, yeah. Like, how do you think that you cultivated that? Yeah. (laughs) like Having a family that kind of had that mindset of around creativity.
1: Cultivation is the word cultivate. And it's a, it's a practice. Everything is a practice and it's, there's no end goal for me, but I can tell you that it's been a wellness journey, it has been a coming home journey it's so deep like I i am so grateful to be able to talk with you about this, because it it's difficult it's very difficult to own up to that i haven't loved myself i haven't i haven't been true to myself i haven't been true to my heart and because i haven't been true to my heart i haven't been true to my body i haven't been true to my boundaries i haven't been true to my imagination my thoughts my visions for life and i've let the whole world take advantage of me because i wasn't true to myself first and that has been my my experience of cult starting to cultivate coming home to my own creative power Um, the reason why like coming from, okay, I know how this is gonna sound, but this is really what it what it feels like for me. The Lotus coming from the mud, the mud being the traumas and the oppression and all of the complexities, the difficult complexities of coming from my family, you know, coming from my culture, coming from my heritage. And I want to, to be clear that mud is a nutrient rich soil. You cannot have something as beautiful as a lotus growing from it if it's not nutrient rich, but it doesn't look cute. <laughs> not as much as the, the lotus flower, that's for sure. So, just making that clear because we could easily come into a binary of that was bad, this is good. And that means that me rising from this place, I'm not that thing anymore. But that's not the truth. I am very much part of that thing, but I've decided to use a different kind of energy to create something new, right? With this, with all of what's imbued inside me from my ancestry. So I need to make that clear. But because of that muddiness, the difficulty of it, I came to a place of unwellness, like illness within my body, within my mind, within my spirit, certainly within my soul. But I feel like on some dimension and my soul is the one that was like a raging fire saying, like, you have gone too far, my friend. You have gone too far away. You need to come home this instant." Like how my parents would say, this instance. know the similar voices like you need to get your, your butt back home but um i had to work through a lot of layers of coming back to myself and i think where it where the journey took a major turn for me and where the creativity i started to understand creativity and not just as a concept or not just as like all of the things that i love to create which is fun and i've never not done it but started to really feel like this is a, this is it. This is the power we have as this is the thing that everyone is trying to, to grasp is this sense of creative power. And that is more than just creating things that is autonomy, you know, being able to make decisions for yourself, and not worry about if it's the right or wrong decision. But the fact that you made a decision for yourself, and you are going to be there present and capable to handle whatever consequences come through. That is, that is power so yeah there are a lot of layers to it but the thing that changed everything was the embodiment for me um and bringing my body into the picture or, or else it was just intellectual it was just a conceptual theoretical which i think a lot of black women get into especially when you are in the space of being highly educated let's say with uh, quotation marks or having institutional academic background resources where your parents come from, this idea, this idea of excellence, black excellence, right, and how we can easily just put a performance on our external our our appearance, but internally just be not connected whatsoever. So bringing all of this conceptual understanding into the body, changed the game, because the whole thing is about being in your present experience and in your body. Um, Let me stop there.
0: I want to ask you um because I feel like embodiment is very much uh a popular like buzzword right now. Yeah. So what would you say what does embodiment look like for you? Or how would you define embodiment? Yeah. Um embodiment is simply
1: It's kind of what I said before, bringing the theoretical into your 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 body, but through your lived experience, let me, let me just pause real quick because I just want to open up the perspective that because something is a buzzword, doesn't mean that it's necessarily all garbage. I used to believe yes, that Yes, thank you for myself. saying
0: I mean it that I <laughs> that No,
1: no, 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 but I, I know you didn't mean it that way. It's just like, I needed to mention it because it, it triggered something in me because I would say that all the time or have that feeling all the time, like this is too popular, I can't get into it. But maybe it's what the collective consciousness needs to understand right now. There's mm-hmm. something behind it, you know? So um, yeah, to embody something is like, okay, to put it into application, essentially, to put it into application on one way. But when I'm talking about our healing, um, our spiritual healing, you know, our emotional healing, let's look at our, our emotional healing, because I think that one um, is, is, feels very accessible. We all have emotions, we all know that. Some of us don't, don't recognize our spirituality or don't really um, appreciate it as such, so it doesn't feel as accessible. But emotions, yes. When you are having an emotional reaction to something, excitement, where do you feel that excitement in your body? that's a simple way to connect something that is intangible like excitement to what's tangible which is the body and you can always go deeper than that because when you start to have that connection what we're doing is we're, we're trying to reestablish the connections with the mind and the body there it's always happening all the time so we're not trying to create things that are not there we are just re-establishing the connection so we have other ways to understand our wholeness our the fullness of our being um mind body soul relationships everything does, does that answer the question
0: yeah that does and a follow-up to that is i'm curious i'm curious what you would say to this um why do you think it is so difficult for people to embody
1: because of Fear. Fear, anxiety, um, not, yeah, this is genuine and general lack of feeling safe in one's skin, safe in one's body. This morning I was dancing, doing, yeah, and and I was reflecting on when I'm dancing these especially more Afro Afro beads tribal stuff like the things that make you feel closer to the earth. You need to be in your body, you need to be in your legs, you need to be in your feet, but a lot of us, even when we're standing, even when we're walking. Just check out check out your own like your own life when you walk how you're <laughs> how you are with your feet are your feet fully on the ground, do you feel like you know almost like you're shuffling that kind of heaviness. or they are
0: currently not on the ground they they're not, not
1: on the ground curled. curled curled right and when you're yeah, standing, let me on- read just
0: myself <laughs>
1: <laughs> you find that you're kind of more so on your toes than you are on your whole feet or maybe you're kind of off to the side like you're not mm-hmm. even standing on your full foot you can even tell by looking at your shoes you mm-hmm. know and some of that is uh, is anatomical but our anatomy adjusts to our our life experience honestly through our body our body tells us how our anatomy is adjusting so we can tell by our posture we can tell by our our ability to take in a full breath, release a full breath. Where are we breathing into? Upper chest, lower, you know, lower part of the torso, and all of that will dictate how you're feeling because it connects with our nervous system. And so the difficulty in people embodying comes from that lack of safety, that that desire almost to not be here, to not be rooted, to not be present, and in all of the the lineages of non-Western like healing modalities that I've studied, yoga, Qigong, and the somatic understanding, the somatic practice, which is more of a Western thing, bringing the science into it. It's all about getting into the body first. One must attune to their experiences. Even as a primal being, you attune to your experience before anything, or else you're ungrounded. And ungroundedness, in the way that we see it in our society, can look like this Mm -hmm. (laughs) over-intellectualism. The word, the perfect word for that phrase, over or or that concept, over-intellectualism, where we're just in our head, theoretical, but our lived experience is not matching what we think that we know. It's not embodied. How that can look this disembodied nature, in a spiritual sense, is to be in the clouds. You know, this cosmic feeling, like this cosmic energy, or in our imagination more than we're here in reality. Um, I know that very well because that's one of my preferred states.
0: <laughs> I would have to, to be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fun, but we yeah. got to get in the body, and it's also fun to be in your sensuality, in your tastes, you know, all of the sense, all the physical senses that allow you to feel um, the the magic of what it is to be alive.
0: I find it very interesting that you said fear because one, I never quite thought of it that way, but two, I would have said that um, we, people um, have a hard time with embodiment because we live in a society that wants to keep us separated from ourselves yeah yeah you know like that's especially um I mean it's just hard out here you know like people some people can't make their basic needs and like exactly that with like this feeling of rushing 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 to the next thing or hurry up and wait like false senses of urgency or um even like just distraction like And I guess that is like being up kind of up in the clouds and kind of being away from yourself. It's easier Mm -hmm. than to sit and really be in tune Um, and be
1: in the midst of all this junk.
0: Oh my God. Why would anybody want to be
1: in that? You know, why would anybody want to be
0: in that kind of, it's like being in a, in a, in a dumpster. (laughs) Nobody wants to be in that. So we disembody. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very much. Yeah. It definitely feels like the dumpster or like, sometimes I feel like. I've felt at times it feels like um, like your example of like a lotus flower of being in the mud but not being able to unfold.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so I think a lot of people struggle with how to actually unfold, like where does Mm -hmm. that start? And it can just be easy, you know, it's just easier to just distract than Mm -hmm. to be connected. Because yeah. when I feel like once you connect with yourself, it's it's almost instinctual that you connect with other people. Absolutely. And then that's its own thing of learning how to carry. You know what I mean? Like learning how to carry. I mean, the things that are happening in the world, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of times it can be easier to just disassociate as opposed mm-hmm. to like looking at what's happening outside yes. of just yourself.
1: Yeah. yeah, I completely see what you're saying. I completely see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. mm -hmm. oh keep going i was just gonna say i feel like fear i feel like fear is the root of that you know like i could see that that would be underneath the top layer of like living in a society that perpetuates you being separated from yourself underneath all of that is the fear
1: yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. um and i know also that okay let me tell you what game i'm playing with this okay And, and hopefully, hopefully that resonates, because it is a game. It's it, and I've said this before, and people say, no, no, I don't like to hear that because that means that somebody's gonna win. And some, nope, that's not the game. That's part of the game. That is the game that tells you that that's the game. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like <laughs> someone told you that that was the game that you're playing. That you're playing a game of us versus them, but we're actually playing a game that we, we have to be able to see that the us versus them is a game. It's super meta and it requires uh, us to be able to expand into our capacity to uh, like to live more to appreciate more to be in the complexity of things that is very, very difficult for a lot of us on. And we're challenged with that. It's true. There are external forces outside of us that are trying to keep us separate from each other, trying to keep us separate from ourselves, trying to instill fear in these ways that range from what feels innocuous, like confusion or a little bit of doubt or all of that, all the way to something that's more deadly and disastrous. So we're challenged really, but there's something that we as individuals need to be responsible for, and that is our own happiness. That is our own sense of thriving. And I know that there's a challenge there too, where society has also tried to manipulate what thriving is supposed to look like for us, and success is supposed, to, and happiness is supposed to look like for us. So our first journey, I believe, is to try to understand what that means for ourselves. And that's why being in our body, you need you need to get there. There may be some, uh, there definitely are like, so many other ways, various, you know, like infinite other ways or different ways to, to have that journey for yourself and come back to, okay, I feel like me, I can make decisions for myself and whatever happens through these decisions. It's not going to be perfect, but I'm going to be here and I'm going to grow through it and I'm going to continue to attract the type of protection, the type of community, the type of resources that I need in every step in order to thrive in a way that makes me feel at peace that's it, that's what we're trying to achieve. My way of doing it, as it is, has, as it has been with a lot of things, is to kind of go into to the deep end. So I, with my savings, when one of the my previous residencies in Abu Dhabi, I left that place, I was earning good money, life was good. It was, it was gonna be easy if I looked in the future in terms of my lifestyle, but the inside was clamoring. So I needed to make a decision. And the intensity of all of that said, grab all of these, home um, grab all of these dollars, and we're taking it outside of this country. That's kind of like th- jumping in the deep end, quitting your job, just going for it, air- hopping Air and bs and in, in this place and that place, and just moving around because I had the resources for that at the time. And I think that it was great because I somehow, some way, made it through. Because it was dark; it got very dark. You know, it got very scary for me, and then life was also doing its thing around that it's not like i was just dark in a field of sunshine life was also dark everything was mirroring everything and i chose to go that route because honestly i didn't have another choice like that's the kind of way that that life was pushing me but being on the other side of it i know that there was a lot that i needed to move through in order to be able to handle complexity because thriving in a society that is trying to um, subjugate and subjugate and subjugate you, oppress you, stomp on you, spit on you, hate you, kill you, but not kill you, torture you, then kill you and bring you back to life to kill you again, you need to be tough. You need to be resilient. You need to be. And you don't have to do it alone, that's the thing. So I know that there there are so many layers to the way that this is, but I wanted to mention that aspect of it to really just you know strike a little bit of fire under us because we we need that fire if we're gonna if we're gonna live the way that we want to live
0: um during that period of time um like what role did surrendering have (laughs) (laughs) have during that process because yeah um i think for me um oftentimes me and surrender have been we've been tussling at times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious during a point of like uncertainty and not kind of knowing how it's going to turn out, but just knowing that like life force is pushing you towards this direction. What, what does yeah. surrender play in that? Yeah, that's such a,
1: such a good question. Thank you for asking that. Um, surrender was the, was the, the, um, the force that was pushing me. Mm. Surrender was the force that was pushing me. It is now the force that I am gliding on. You know what I mean? And I had this podcast episode on my own podcast, Wellspring Words, the podcast. I think it was like, I when I I, I still do this sometimes, but when I would just take my phone and be sitting on the bed staring at the ceiling talking, talking, you know? And it, it was titled To Float or To Fall, something about surrendering, I can't remember the title, but am I floating or am I falling? First, you feel like you're gonna fall when you jump off that cliff, but it, that's what they call a leap of faith. It's a cliche term, but that is exactly a leap of faith. And the leap of faith is surrender telling you that it is time for you to uh, strengthen your faith, to understand what faith looks like. Cause faith is a muscle that we need to strengthen as much as our intellect. I don't know why I'm mentioning intellect so much, but I just feel like it's been very important. It's been very important in my life. It seems like it's been very important in your life as well. Mm-hmm. We did come from a similar background, you know, so that, is something we have that intellectual understanding that gives us some sort of certainty, but faith is is completely different. It go it's not higher than intellect. Let me tell you, it's a different dimension. So imagine you going through intellect into a different dimension of 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 experiencing life, which is where poetry always comes in for me, and that that's such a beautiful way to. But this is where art, you know, when you're channeling art, when you're understanding what beauty means for yourself, you're accessing this realm of faith, of surrender, of your spirituality in in application in your life. And that is where you can appreciate God for yourself. That's where you can appreciate spirit. That's where you can access your ancestors. And that's where you can access your abilities and gifts beyond what the world tells you um, is your ability and your gift, your psychic abilities, right? So it's definitely worth uh, worth listening to as much as possible because to have a relationship with surrender, and have a relationship with faith, you have to have a relationship with fear. So if we're not able to be present with the fear, it's okay, it's totally fine. Why the hell would we wanna be present with the fear? Why, (laughs) right? Why? But it is one necessary step in order to move into having an intimate relationship with surrender where you know okay i'm gonna take the step, the first step, I might fall I actually might fall and I might feel that falling feeling in my chest like it may rise and my stomach may come into my eyeballs. And all of that stuff but eventually I will start to float you know it won't be a falling anymore, the gravity will start to play games with itself and i'll start to float and I will realize oh I never actually hit the floor I never actually got there i'm just starting to float.
0: This is so good. <laughs> I'll say I never, um, I never thought of surrender as being a force, and so I find that really interesting. And I, I'm gonna have to think on that a lot more. And and don't think too to hard now. To <laughs> yeah, because I have always thought of surrender as something that you like control like Mm. you do it or you don't Mm. as opposed to like a force that you're co-creating something new with yeah so that's really beautiful and i'm gonna have to i'm gonna include your that podcast episode you have to tell me what which one it is Mm
1: -hmm. and i'll
0: include that in the show notes and i'll also listen to it Um, okay
1: yeah i gotta listen back to it too
0: because i think that that I think even just like my mindset of like not having viewed surrender as a force Mm -hmm. I think maybe that's kind of colonial because it's something like we just think that we can go about life like it's almost like we're conditioned to think we can control
1: Mm
0: -hmm. We go around trying to control um as a way to like navigate your fear or navigate uncertainty um so the idea of viewing surrendering surrender as a force. I find that to be really interesting and freeing.
1: Mm. Yeah. I'm great. I'm I'm so grateful that it's that it feels freeing for you. Hallelujah. Because no as soon as you
0: said forward. it, I was like, ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's Wait
0: awesome. <laughs> I said spirit was in the room. I wasn't lying. <laughs> mm. Okay. So I have one question from my husband because I told him I was talking to you.
1: Hey hubby. Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was excited. He was like, man, I wish I could be in there. Cause I just have so many questions. Oh, so cool. I'm going to ask a couple of questions or one question that he had. Um, first off, can you tell me your cultural background? Because like, where's your family from Nigeria? Okay. I told him that and I wanted okay. to make sure I got it right. And he kind of got excited because his family's from Trinidad. So he has like a very unique worldview experience as an immigrant. And so he asked me to ask you, um, how has your cultural background impacted your worldview? Meaning like your view on capitalism, wellness. Uh um, And then the second part would be, did you feel any external pressure to be traditionally successful? Uh
1: Mm-hmm. I'll start with the second one because it's, it's, it's easy. Yes. <laughs> a, a lot of external pressure to be tradici- tra- traditionally successful. And it's a little complex because my parents have always bought me the tools that I needed to have fun with my art. Um, but when it came down to, these questions are hitting my my reflections from today. <laughs> like, this is the third time, Bishara, this is the third time, i just got to tell you. Um, when it came down to being as you know, visibly excited or outwardly excited about my achievements, because I have achieved a lot. It's it's just been strange. That's all. So it's like, oh, that's what you're doing. But the, do you see where I'm doing it? Or do you see the level that I'm doing? Do you see how deep I'm going? Do you see the scholarly nature of what I'm doing? But just because it's not Dr. Lawyer, you know, engineer, some pharmacist and all this, then it's like, okay, nice, cool. But <laughs> okay, Okay, but this is like my life's work that I'm trying to understand. And that sense of not having that that pure belonging that would come when you get like the full praise from your parents um, that I know that I would get if I went to Harvard or if I, you know, Got an engineering i can't even imagine myself i'm just my my back is twitching thinking about myself <laughs> as an like an engineer not there's nothing wrong with that absolutely not but we're talking about following your 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 personalized unique path right so um but i know the praise would be would be higher there and not just in my my nuclear family my nuclear family is a representation of the larger chukumarija clan which is a thing we say chukumarija clan and they're there is a specific culture within our family. The family is humongous and very well integrated, and also very political, very patriarchal. So I think these two things, the, these two questions, or parts of the question, they come together because when I was younger, it was fun. It's fun to be within your tribe. Imagine, like you know, a big, a big. What do they call it? Um, what do they call lions? Uh, what the lion? Pride. There we go. Pride. (laughs) A big pride of lions and all the cubs are playing together. That was how it was as a kid. But as you grow older, I started to realize the women in this family are women who married into this family. These are not me. I'm not married into this family. I come from this family. Mm. So what are the expectations of me? Where are my, my, um, where are my representatives who are Old, just a little bit older than me or just maybe 10 15 20 years older than me not so old that they just they won't get it but where are those people they're not here <laughs> they they don't left they married out so that was a bit that was a big that was a significant shift for me in my mentality in the past 6 months even cuz i had moved back home to the family home and seeing all of these dynamics play out with my larger world view that you know living in different countries has afforded me and that i've like sought by moving to different countries and being different in different cultures and i've had i realized that i've had to create a space for myself to exist and not just exist in the corners where I would be pushed if I allowed it. Um, With my intellect, I just feel you know I feel I feel there's an unsafety that i'm trying to uh, reconcile and rectify by. Asserting myself. I'm just being honest with you by asserting myself and asserting what I what I know. And I almost said what I do know because there is that that sense of the umbrella is this is the culture. This is the the thing that you need to aspire to. This mm-hmm. kind of success is what you need to aspire to. And so any success that I achieve or any any type of deep knowing that I have always falls under this larger umbrella. But that's not true. It's simply not true. It's not that this the culture, the tradition, the heritage is this. It's more. And what you experience is less. It's that you like the mud, you're you're within it. We're playing with it. And that's why I'm so fixated and obsessed with (laughs) passionate this word, but there's no other ways to call it. (laughs) This idea of extracting the energy, the, the creative energy from everything that we create, the things that we create. We call that. power but the power is actually the energy that we use to create those things with that's what i'm really uh really passionate about with the the work that i do and why i do it because if not for that if not for my own voice speaking up for myself i have littles you know what i mean i have minors i call them but they're you know my cousins da 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 auntie cam this you know older cousin and i need to make space for them to be able to do whatever they want to do and be excellent the, this, the standard of academic excellence is something that my family holds, you know, as a pillar of belonging, it feels like. Maybe they wouldn't say it like that, but that's what it feels like to me, and I know it feels like that to the other people in the family, which is why we're very successful. I claim that with pride. We are very successful people. We're Igbo people, so if you know anything about Igbo people, Igbo people are, um, there's a stereotype about Igbo people being like money hungry, but we go after it. We make success out of uh, out of nothing, out of chicken change. We'll make success out of it. Okay, give me chicken change, and I'll give you a chicken change. Uh, uh, chain, <laughs> a chain of <laughs> <a> chicken change. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying, but you know what I mean. We take something mm-hmm. stupid and we make it funny, and we laugh about it, and then we hit our brother and we say, "Man, you're dumb." What? Can you imagine? Like, there's just, it's just, there's such a, a funny, fun exciting energy about my people. So I have a lot of pride about that, but it it can leave people feeling unseen unheard like they don't matter because that sense of softness i mean now i'm kind of venturing into something else so i might have to stop but i just want to finish this thought that sense of softness and nurturing and belonging and hey no matter who you are no matter what you do no matter uh, your state of of wellness or illness in your mental in your spiritual you are welcome you are part of the family your story belongs we're going to tell your story even if you can't articulate your own story i don't see that happening because if it was happening i would know the stories but i know
0: other stories I think that's a really actually perfect segue. Um, thank you for answering my husband's questions. Um, <laughs> but I think that's a actually a, a good segue to your work. I'm interested to know, given your family background, culture background, heritage, like what part or does that play any part in the work that you're, you're doing now with Wall Spring Words?
1: Yeah, it does. Because everything comes from those who came before me. Everything, everything that I do, I I feel like I have, I have tons of people around me all the time. Shifting and guiding me in, in this way that way oh too far no let's stay here oh you're there you are you're nice you're just in the flow you're doing it, so I think on the surface, if you would, if you would peruse a lot of the work, you won't see a lot of mention of my heritage. I don't speak from the lens of my Nigerian culture. I do mention it here and there. I mention it on podcast episodes. I mention it where it, it comes out naturally. But um the the language that I usually speak from or that that I approach the work with or I designed that design the work with is from a space beyond our identifiers. If that if that tracks like it it I'm not considering so much, even though the 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 space Wallspring Words prioritizes women of color, that's an identifier. But again, it's really about the energy behind it. It's really about if you don't identify as a woman of color, which I have had, and I welcome people who don't identify, don't identify as women of color into the space. It's just that I'm prioritizing women of color. There's something about the space energetically that connects with your sense of fem, your femininity, your uh, feminine nature, the the nature of softness, of beauty, of belonging, of being able to be deep, of being able to not have the structure around things, a chaotic nature that we're okay with. We're okay with not knowing everything. We're okay with things being weird and watery and squid-like and emotional, and we're curious about that. That is what attracts people to wellspring words, and that we can create something beautiful from that through our writing with the structures that make sense for honoring whatever that that feminine nature is, that chaotic nature is. But there's this combination of being in the watery depths and the complexity and power that we have as women of color specifically, we get even core to it, black women, that I'm bringing together I'm fusing together in this work and and we cultivate it as a community as time goes on, so I guess there's also that sense of tribe or pride that i'm cultivating as well, and it has to be organic so it's going to take us, th- this is not going nowhere, we are just starting. <laughs> you know. We are just starting and I always use we when I talk about wellspring words, even though i'm the primary executor whatever I steward the thing it's just that there's something beautiful that happens when we create in this way and when we gather to express ourselves through our writing, through our through our bodies, through um, our sense of inner knowing, our inner wisdom, our emotional, spiritual healing, and the joy and pleasure that come from that. It's, it happens collectively. So it can't happen with just one person. I have my own energy, while Spring Words has its own energy. And because that thing that happens collectively is so unique and so precious, it needs to be protected. So that's why I take my time and allow it to grow organically in this capitalistic society where everything is, you know, all all the the stuff you mentioned before, the false urgency, the go, 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 the sense of lack, you know, exclusivity. I've tried some of those tactics before because that is the world that I came from, but it eventually has come to a sense of we're going to do it organically and through love and then we're going to grow from there. Yeah. Hope that answers the question.
0: <laughs> no, no, it does. It, it does. I, I really love and admire. <clears throat> how do I put this? I personally feel like one of my biggest criticisms of like the wellness industry and like how people view wellness today mm-hmm. as it's very individualistic and there's not much focus on the collective. Mm. Um, And so I really love that what you're, Creating and what you're cultivating is really rooted in that, this kind of collective energy. Um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I was like still forming my words.
1: <laughs> no, it's all good. I mean, we welcome the chaos, right? <laughs> Just let it be, let it be what it is. Yeah, no, I I really appreciate that. And I have my own experience of being, by the way, can you hear noise in my background? Nope. Okay, good. Um, I have my own experience of being, you know, feeling more comfortable with the more individualistic wellness experience, let's put it like that. I think I needed that, you know, I needed, it's it's difficult when it's the whole, like an industry of it, because then it's like in your face and you almost feel like that's the, that's the only way it can be, or that's the way it should be. And if you have an inclination to include more people in your experience, you're doing it wrong. But that is something different than I think what's necessary for us as individuals to Come to you know, an individual understanding of what it feels like to be well for ourselves, because only through that like you mentioned. Earlier on a conversation when you're able to connect with yourself it, yourself it's much easier to connect with others when you know what feels good for yourself when you know what what feels what makes you feel safe and stable secure. happy you know like empowered all of those things, then you naturally keep spaces like that around you, the people in your life naturally start to emulate what that feels like for you, but it looks different for them, you know, but the feeling is what is is the, um, what's the word I'm looking for, the through line. It's the energy that, that you keep. So in that case, I think from then it becomes even easier for you to create or co-create something beautiful with and for the collective because you're so attuned to what's necessary for you. A lot of times, you know, w- what we see in, in, in as a result of all of this oppression and trauma is this almost a sense of victimization where we are still giving the power to the oppressor and how we choose to heal ourselves i'm doing i'm resting i'm taking space so that this person can't why do they have to be in the picture i get it i've been there i'm saying this because i've been there and i know what it feels like and while yes i have taken space to rest. Yes, I have set a, a firm boundary. Yes, I have, you know, um turned around and 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 said something, you know, negative about the oppressor, the workplace, the person, the collaboration, the this, the that because I'm reclaiming my energy in that way. I still hold that energy that is resentful, that hateful energy. And we have to be honest that resentment is hate. And when we're feeling that we are experiencing the hate. We are experiencing it. We cannot project it if we're not experiencing it in our own hearts. And that has an effect on us at the end of the day. So the work is really about centralizing self and the wellness of the self without a relationship to the external. And I know that it's complex because we are relational beings and a lot of what we experience, we attribute naturally to an external force because of this in going out uh, in coming out going relationship that kind of thing, but if we can, if we can come to a state of embodiment and focus on what the feeling is where we feel it in our bodies and work with that sensation, then we can get really far but deep far not far out into the future some disembodied intellectual far but deep within ourselves and then before we know it our whole world starts to feel more easy to be in and we start to be able to be more present in our surroundings instead
0: of not wanting to be there anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I I I am an avid journaler. I love writing. Mm-hmm. I do all types of writing and when I tell people, oftentimes again similar to our conversation about creativity, it's oh, I'm not a writer or like yeah. I can't keep up with the, like you know, I bought a journal one time and like I can't keep up with it and like I'm curious to know, like, what do you, I mean, cause this, this is like your work. What, what mm-hmm. would you say is the, I don't think people realize like how much writing and getting it out is connected to wellness. Like I'm curious yeah. to know your thoughts about that connection between writing and wellness and like yeah. how people can use it for a, a way to really aid and support their wellness.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah um oh man oh man oh man because specifically because of that instinct to say i'm not a writer i can't do this what's behind that instinct is already i was just writing about this yesterday so what's very fresh on my mind is already this desire to be away from the experience like no i can't do that I, i i can't be here i can't that's not this anxiety that comes up that i'm not good enough I don't belong, it always really comes down to belonging I don't belong, my expression is not i'm not saying the right thing. You know i'm not doing it right, I don't even know what i'm thinking you know I, I don't have time to sit down and do it, I just I just I just I can't I can't I can not I just I just I can't I can't I just. I just. Does that sound familiar like if it, even if it's not like with your words like with the energy that comes up with that. yeah
0: no that's absolutely familiar like mm-hmm. I have um. I find that sometimes if I'm, if I'm going, if I'm feeling a lot of things, like for example, with this, what's going on with like Gaza and Palestine, like Mm -hmm. I have found that when things like that are happening, like I need, like, I know that my medicine is writing and I'll avoid it. And then I'll be away from it so long that then I'll be nervous, like anxious to go back. So I don't go back. It's like a cycle of like, right. Coming back to a blank page, it's always hard to come back to that blank page. And so I have absolutely found that that is that's really familiar for me. Of I never quite thought about like what's behind. Well, actually, I have thought about what's behind it. I know what's behind it is fear. Mm-hmm. It's this fear of like, because once you write it down, it's on paper. Like you right. can't convince yourself that it's not you true really or that you're not that. feeling it. Yeah. Yes. And I think that for me has been the thing. And then you know, wondering, is this enough? Am I, like, it, yeah. <laughs> hmm hmm
1: hmm No, thank you for sharing your experience because it's very real, you know, um, and if it's not writing, it's something else for somebody, but specifically with writing. And I wanted to start from that perspective because, I can go into the more technical perspective of writing or even the more like psychological neurological perspective of it but coming from the space of just can i show up can i show up to be present with myself that's really the the added part that's really crucial here can i show up to be present with myself we're talking specifically about journaling you know this Mm -hmm. practice of journaling or writing for wellness is to be able to be present with the self when this when you write the thing When you write the thing it's like you open the floodgates of your heart of your mind the truth of what's going on and i was mentioning in in a a private conversation recently that when you're writing you cannot be anywhere but the present moment yes you can you know if you're if you're writing fiction if you're writing something that is not happening right now and channeling that kind of vision it's a little different but you have to be present with your words hand when you have your your hand to your pen and your pen to your paper you have to be here so i think it does go along again with this idea of not not being able to put our two flat feet on the ground and be embodied whatever that feels like for us or be fully some people are not standing on the ground right so be fully in the present experience um but once we're able to do that like imagine you have that cycle of i can't be here i don't want to be here i'm saying it in those in those terms because i'm reading it from that way but you know um is it is it the time to write? Oh, I don't have time. Oh, I can't write that. Or it's not time for that. Or you know the thing that we say in our mind, I don't wanna go into that. I don't wanna go into all those emotions. Start with surrender and just write surrender at the top of the page and then surrender, do it, do it. But this is this is the, the part where as a coach in all of these ways that I'm talking, I coach this as well. I can only show up to to present information to guide you through literally breath by breath, how to be okay with the present experience so that way you can take yourself there, but you need to take yourself there. Because I can't do it for you, you know there's some territory that as a guide as a coach, I am not allowed to enter, I will not enter, I will not do it for the safety of myself and the safety of you and the and to protect what it is that you as an individual are meant to birth. Because only you could birth it, only you could push it out. Right. So that means that only you can go within into those depths to access what that beauty is for yourself. And I'm calling it beauty because I know that once we're able to be present with a practice like journaling and surrender to whatever comes forth, And we don't have to read it back, we're just giving ourselves permission to be present with whatever it is for the moment, for two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, maybe you write a story, maybe you write a song, maybe you write a poem, whatever comes up for you to be okay with that, you are going to locate your unique beauty, you are going to do it, there is no doubt about it it's just what it is. I want to call it a law of the universe, but I don't, I don't know what that would even mean. It's just what it is, okay? It just. It's just what it is.
0: <laughs> um. <clears throat> so if people want to learn more about the work that you're doing and Wallspring Words and like even work with you, like where could people, where would people find you? Where, where's the best place to start to like dive into the work that you're doing?
1: Mm, thank you so much and thank you for setting up the space to have like such a, a beautifully rich conversation that leads naturally into my work. you were really doing it. That was awesome because I'm over here just answering questions. Thank you. No, you um, definitely
0: like set it up because I'm like, I, my husband questioned. I was like, oh man, this leads like right into it.
1: Like, this is <laughs> I, I'm telling you, spirit is here. <laughs> spirit is here. Spirit prepared me for this conversation, prepared you as well. I just, it just, it makes me so happy. But yes, people can find me um at wellspringwords on instagram it's very direct and please visit the platform it's www.wellspringwords.love everything is there i'm also very open to genuine aligned connections in ways that that makes sense you know we are cultivating opportunities to create more abundant pathways for ourselves through the heart space you know and through our, our curiosity our intuition our intellect and um bringing us a beautiful storytelling aspect into everything that we do there's a lot more information on the website so i encourage you to check that out and then reach out to me if you want to chat more about it
0: well oh, thank you and i have one more question i have been asking everybody that i've talked to this question if i were to offer you the sentence authentic wellness for me is how would you complete that sentence
1: appreciating
0: change mm-hmm. Can you elaborate? I wasn't gonna even ask a follow (laughs) up (laughs) question.
1: It's just what came up in my head. Um, There's there's a lot in it, but um, I think it comes down to the being able to be present with yourself, you know, and 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 building a capacity to move through fears, you know, to to allow something else to emerge because you don't know what the something else is. You know, we have this fear about through the uncertainty or 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 on the other side of uncertainty whatever there's something disastrous but there's something different you haven't experienced it yet just like you have to move through the uncertainty so you can develop the skills um, to experience whatever is on the other side of it and it's going to be complex and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be expansive not just good or bad you know so appreciating change authentic wellness is appreciating change because when we're able to do that we we can be okay being here and we c- then cultivate a life that allows us to be peaceful
0: thank you that's beautiful
1: thank you this is such
0: Good a conversation
1: oh my gosh i'm shaking <laughs> oh
0: man i and i really appreciate it If you enjoyed this episode, it would really mean so much to me if you would rate, subscribe, and share with others. Sharing the show with others will really help spread the message of authentic wellness as well as just overall positivity, which the world could really use so much more of. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Bye.